0: You're listening to Mount Carmel Baptist Church's weekly Sunday worship service message at 11 a.m. Mount Carmel is located in Demarest, Georgia. To learn more, visit mtcarmeldemarest.com or facebook.com forward slash mtcarmeldemarest. Thanks for listening. Jeremiah chapter 25 verses 3 through 5. I want to preach to you a sermon I've entitled... 23 years, 23 years, Monday's coming, for me that means holy hangover, that means no matter how much I've poured into this sermon and how life-changing or lackluster it may be for you, At some point tonight, in the depths of my heart, there will be a sinking realization. I have to do it all over again. After a week of preparing a fresh sermon from God's Word, I have to start over. Preaching has been compared to the Greek king Sisyphus for his shenanigans, He was sentenced to an eternity of repeatedly pushing a boulder up a steep hill. You know Sisyphus? And what happens? As soon as he gets it almost to the top, it rolls back down. And he starts over again. Each morning forces you and I to decide. Are we going to do it again? Are we going to attempt to push that big boulder back up that steep hill, knowing there's a good chance that it's only going to roll back down again. Are you going to march back into your workplace? Are you gonna go back into the, that home and raise them rotten kids? Are you gonna go, and for some of you, although you finished school, it's not over, Are you going to go to those things and work heartily unto the the Lord? Are you going to stay and love and lead your wife even when she is unlovable? Are you going to stay and respect and follow your husband even when he doesn't deserve it? Are you going to go and do it again? Are you going to keep volunteering and serving when no one notices When it didn't turn out the way you planned it to turn out, or when people complain, will you keep doing it again? Are you going to keep praying for those people who need to know Jesus in a saving way when it seems that they are farther from Him than they ever have been? Are you going to keep praying? Are you going to do it again? God called Jeremiah to be his spokesman, his prophet, the person he would preach through to speak to his people, the Jews. And he was preaching to the Jews in hopes of bringing them back to God, that they would repent and despise their sin and come to trust and worship only Yahweh. And yet, for those who've been with us for the last number of weeks when we've been in the book of Jeremiah, he has had not a single convert. He has been going day after day, again and again, out to God's people preaching God's message of repentance. Turn from your sin and come back to me and I will avoid the judgment and the disaster that belongs to you. I'll remove it from you. If you'll heed and listen and obey my message. And yet, no one has responded, not a single one, And we've got to wonder this question. I don't know about you, but when I hear about that, I have to wonder, how did Jeremiah remain faithful to the call to go back again and again to these people who would not give him the time of day? They ignored him, insulted him, beat him, locked him up many times for his preaching. How did he do it again and again? And the question I have for us is how can we be faithful to God's call in our life, like Jeremiah is faithful to his call. Let's read verse 3. Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 3. He says, From the thirteenth year of Josiah, this is King Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, until this very day, and that he does the numbers for us, 23 years. The word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken to you time and time again, but you have not obeyed. From the thirteenth year of King Josiah, Jeremiah had preached to the people of Judah. This was sometime between 627 and 626 B.C. In the fourth year of King Jehoiakim, this is technically... Two kings later passed King Josiah. And it was also the first year of the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon. Just put that in the back of your mind. That will become important later. King Nebuchadnezzar has now risen to power. This was sometime between 605-604 B.C., okay? Okay? And, and Jeremiah helps total this up about his preaching ministry. He tells us, "I've been at it now for 23 years, each day getting up, giving you the word of God." Now you ready for something that's devastating? You ready for this? This devastated me when I got to this realization. If you've looked anybody seen how many chapters are in the book of Jeremiah? Maybe want to look real quick. I got time. You're like, but we don't. That's the point. Look, look. 52. 52. So we're approximately how far in the book? Halfway. And guess how far Jeremiah is in his ministry? Halfway. Well, nowhere, yeah. But halfway. We'll find out that Jeremiah will preach 20 more years. Now, ladies and gentlemen, can I get real with you? If I spent 23 years in this pulpit, and we never baptized a single soul, one of two things will happen. One day, I'm just not going to be here. Or secondly, either y'all are the most patient or dumb people, and you ain't fired me yet. But after 23 years, literally Jeremiah is saying, I have nothing to show for it. Thank God he didn't reveal to him, like, you got 20 more years of this. (laughs) He is halfway. And so we get, I know some of you are just shaking your head. I'm like, you're feeling the angst of Jeremiah. Like, why not just give up, man? Go home. Forget God. And if you remember, a lot of times, Jeremiah trod. He tried to suppress his call. He tried to say, God, I'm done with this. Nobody's listened to me. They're going to kill me before you turn things around. He's only at the halfway point of his ministry, and there's no converts. So where did he learn this patience? Where did he learn this persistence? Because think about this. He didn't learn it from the people around him. They couldn't be faithful to God more than one day. And they were back into their idolatry and their worship. And I've told you before, he had spasms of resolve. He would go in and be bold. And then when the people didn't respond, we have read the prayers, what would he do? He'd sulk and cry out and raise his finger to God. Going, why did you do this to me? But let's get the whole picture here. Look at verses 4 and 5. Now notice this. The Lord God sent... All his servants, the prophets, to you. Notice this. Tom and Tom again. Now I just want you to notice this, so this will become important. To me. Jeremiah just said he had gone to the people when? Tom and Tom again. Early in the morning. He got up and went again. And yet here it says in verse 4 the Lord sent his prophets when? time and time again the exact same phrase and keep moving he says but you have not obeyed or even paid attention verse 5 he announced god announced turn each of you from your evil way of life and from your evil deeds live in the land the lord gave to you and your ancestors long ago and forever While Jeremiah did not observe faithfulness or persistence from God's people, and while he teetered and tottered on his own personal resolve, here's what he could bank on. God was faithful. God got up. God came. God sent time and time again. Now I want you to remember this, God could have snapped his fingers and dissolved each and every person who is in rebellion to him. He can still do that this very moment. If God's patience and long suffering had run out, he could say, I'm done with this and wipe us off the face of the map and no one would know different. But what we continue to see as God reveals Himself in His Word is that while God is holy and he is, and he is just and there isn't unlimited opportunities, what we do find is that a part of God, essential to God's character, is that He is merciful and gracious and He suffers long. He can put up with so much more than we really understand. Now, that doesn't mean we should abuse His patience. When God sends us His Word, the preaching of His Word, we should repent and obey. But what I want you to understand is He has every right that as soon as we sin against Him, He could obliterate us. And yet He didn't. And notice what He did time and time again. He didn't give up. He kept going. He kept sending prophets. He kept sending the Word. He kept sending Jeremiah. The words for Tom and Tom again are literally, you may just want to write this down, to rise early and get an early start. To rise early and get an early start. Here's what you got to realize about God. God did not wait until the last minute to warn these people or us about our sin. You need to see this, that on judgment day, we're not going to sit there and go, well, I never had a, uh, you can't say that. I never had an opportunity. No one ever shared me the, shared with me the word. If you're sitting here today, you are seeing God exercise this very thing. The word has come to you. You're a sinner. Repent of your sin. Trust Jesus alone for salvation and you can be saved and forgiven and experience heaven forever and ever. You can. So notice the goodness and patience of God. He's not wait to the last minute. He's got you early. He got up before you got up. He had this Word ready for you before the foundation of the world. You just now arrived. He knew this. He got up and He got up early. God in His grace would save us from ruining our lives and He will send preacher after preacher, person after person with the Word of God, not only to turn us from sin, but to keep us from sin and its destructive consequences. God is a good God. And we sit there and we think, why aren't people herbert- or badgering us? He's not badgering you at all. He gets up early in His grace and comes to you. Now, we notice something. Jeremiah also got up early. And got an early start. But what we see here in verses 4 and 5 is that ultimately who was behind Jeremiah's getting up early and getting an early start because God did. I can see it, y'all. I can see it. Jeremiah wakes up in the dead of night. His mouth... Is full of the Word of God. His bones are burning, burning, ready to preach. Before he knows it, dawn is about to break and he busts out his home door and goes right out into the open air and begins to let the people of Judah hear the message of God. But what we don't realize is all along it was God who came and put his words in Jeremiah's mouth. It was God who came and kindled that fire in Jeremiah's bones. It was God who went and set Jeremiah up on his feet, had him kick open that door and say, go tell this word to my people. And he couldn't escape that. God does not sleep nor slumber. The slumber is with us. We're the ones who teeter and totter. We're the ones who have spasms of resolve. It is God who gives us the message. It is God who gives us the strength. It is God who gives us the stamina. It is God who gives us the courage to go back out and face the world again and again and again. Can I remind you of a couple of passages we've already read through the book of Jeremiah? Just write these references down. If you're in the Bible app, they'll appear for you. Jeremiah 15, 16 through 17. I just want you to notice the emphasis of where uh, uh, Jeremiah's passion and persistence came from. Please see this in the text. Don't ever miss it. He says this, your words were found and I ate them. So notice this, God revealed the word and he received it. Your words became a delight to me and a joy of my heart, for I bear your name, the Lord God of armies. I never sat with the, notice this, I never sat with the band of revelers and I did not celebrate with them. You go, kind of pat on the back, Jeremiah, you just must be a good guy. And then he says, because your hand was on me, I sat alone for you filled me me with indignation. Do you see how that worked? He goes, I never sat with him. He says, but the real reason God's hand was on my life and I sat there and I go, I can't participate in that. Because of what God had done inside of Jeremiah. It filled him with the righteous, holy anger and he goes, I just can't do it. Look at what it says in Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9. This is after Jeremiah had literally been made a laughing stock. Remember pastor picked on him in the temple court? This is a couple sermons back. And literally, literally, he had just complained to God, God, you have seduced me into ministry. You caught me and you didn't tell me the full gravity of it. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. And he, he makes this commitment to himself, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'll never preach again. And to listen to what he says in uh, Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. I say, I won't mention him regarding God or speak any longer in his name. He's made resolve. Notice the resolve of Jeremiah. He says, but his messages became like a fire burning in my heart, shut up in my bones. I became tired of holding it in. I cannot prevail. Do you notice this? He couldn't even resolve himself against God. He said, I got tired. God was more persistent than I am. And so he finally gives in our Resolve shows spasms at times. You know this, this is it shows up like on January 1, right? We all make a resolve. we 're going to be in the word. We're going to pray more. We're going to cut these pounds, and, and we do good for about a week or two. then what happens? We spasm out. If our feelings get hurt, or if it doesn't meet our expectations, it's a lot harder than we thought. People don't share our enthusiasm for the task. We'll abandon our work. We'll abandon our marriage. We'll abandon the service of God. We'll abandon prayer altogether. And so we have to get back to saying the resolve, the persistence, the faithfulness is not in us. It's not fixed in us. It must be fixed in someone else. Only one thing is fixed. And it's this, is that God's spirit steadfastly strives with us. That's the point. Even a hard-hearted people, think about this. We already realize, already in the book, in Jeremiah, these people will not repent. Yet God kept sending a prophet for 20 more years on top of the 23, knowing full will they never would come around. Why? Because God's persistent. He won't let it go. Can I give you kind of the beautiful eloquence, the poetry of Jeremiah, what he found out near the end of his ministry? The book of Lamentations is also written by the prophet Jeremiah. And just listen to what Jeremiah writes in Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. <laughs> he says, you know what I found out about this God who gets up early in the morning? His mercies are fresh too. Each morning they're fresh. I failed him yesterday. I got up today and he's ready to go again. That's a good, good God we serve. Even when we're unfaithful. Paul put it this way in 1 Thessalonians 5:23 through 24 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul puts it so succinctly, He who calls you is faithful, he will do it. He will do it. He's not done. He's going to finish His work. And you can write this down. How can we be faithful? Because of He who calls is faithful. We can be faithful because He who calls is faithful. If He's called you, He will not let you go. He is persistent, even in the midst of our resistance. So what? What? What's that have to do with you right now sitting in that pew? The first thing is this, if you've not paid attention to God's word, I need you to realize today, not for my sake, but for your sake, for the glory of God, for your joy, you are a sinner. You have not obeyed God and you deserve the judgment that's coming. And I don't mean that as in I'm better than you. I deserve that same judgment if it weren't for Jesus Christ. That God in His grace, love, mercy, and long-suffering, He came and gave a substitute. And that substitute for our sin was His one and only Son, sinless, perfect, faithfully obedient to God, came to this earth, lived that life that we can never live. Instead of holding His life back, He went and died on the cross for our sins. The things that make us estranged and separated and foreign to God. God, in Jesus, God took all those things, put them on Jesus' shoulders, and he bled and died on the cross for our sins, absorbing the wrath, penalty, and punishment of God. And what has that done? It set us free. We're free now. And how do we have the proof? How can we sit there and preach about some God 2,000 years ago taking the sins of many? It's because God raised Jesus from the dead. We don't serve a dead rabbi. We serve a living Savior, a King of kings, the Lord of lords. God put him at the right hand of God the Father. And he said this, preach forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name, in his name alone. So God, again, is kind of replaying this out in our life today. You don't have Jeremiah, but you got Josh. I hope it will work for you. And I'm here to tell you, repent of your sins, trust Christ as your Savior, and the judgment of God will be removed, and you can live in the land, not this land, okay? But I'm talking about the land, that heavenly land, forever and ever. You can enjoy that relationship with God, beginning now and lasting through eternity. So I beg you, I implore you, don't neglect the word anymore. Today's the day of salvation. Repent and be saved. But for those who've already come to know Christ, He's not left us here with no task. If He didn't have anything for us to do, He would have just raptured us right up out of here. The question now is how are we going to be faithful in our own individual ministries and mission in the world? God has left you here. To be a prophetic voice, so to speak. To share His word, the gospel message, to a lost and dying world that's headed to hell. And that means this. It's not just the message that we have to be faithful to proclaim. Y'all all know this. We have values and commands and instructions that we're to obey. That helps prop up this gospel, so to speak. We can't sit there and preach the gospel and then live lives that are contrary to it. That our marriages are a mission field. Our homes are mission field. Our workplaces are mission field. People are watching whether you realize it or not. You could undermine your witness what you'll say to them by the way you live your life. So it's not just faithfulness with the proclamation. It's got to be faithful with the promotion of gospel values as well. And the question that has, you have to ask yourself this morning is your faithfulness determined by your feelings and others. Is your faithfulness determined by your faith? If you go, I feel good today, I'll be faithful. Oh, y'all, that's not how God works, okay? God doesn't, op- there's, a, there's a persistence in him and he can give you that persistence. Or, or, and I'll say this, if your faithfulness is completely dependent upon how others respond to you, oh, people will let you down. Your spouse will let you down, your children will let you down, your co-workers, your boss, every single one. We're all all susceptible to letting our, our fellow man down. But there's only one who's faithful. There's only one fixed thing in this whole universe. That's God. You can never claim God's that way. And so is your faithfulness determined by your feelings and others, or is it determined by God's word? That's what it ultimately comes down to at the end of the day. Are you going to, an utter dependence upon God, get on your knees and say, God, I know you haven't given up and you can give me the strength to keep going, to keep fighting the good fight, to outlast the opposition. And whether, hey, if, if the life ahead of me, if it's 20 more years and no converts, that's fine. I want to be found faithful doing what you've called me to do. Because that ultimately, God's word and God's approval is what matters. Twenty-three years with 20 more to go with no converts and what was Jeremiah's secret it had nothing to do with him or other people is that he served a God who kept putting words in his mouth and fire in his bones. God just wouldn't give up. Thanks for listening to Mount Carmel Baptist Church's weekly Sunday worship service message. Mount Carmel is located in Demarest, Georgia. Please join us this Sunday at 11 a.m. To plan your visit, go to mtcarmeldemorest.com.